Welcome to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, Senior Pastor of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. Our mission is to provide practical application of biblical truth to help you experience true purpose and lasting change that can begin now. Here's Pastor Russ. We're going to jump in again to this new series looking at how we have been born again, recreated, recreated so that we could be a vessel of influence for this world, so that we could enter eternity because of the Spirit of God within us, because we've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus, but that we've been equipped through the Holy Spirit to be able to serve Jesus in the capacity that we were designed to serve. And you know, I'm going to say this every week, that you are here for influence. That when Jesus says, let your light shine, I don't know about you, but light influences an environment. Light influences darkness, right? We are not called to hide our light, but again, to let it shine, especially the darker it gets. I feel sometimes the darker it gets, the more we want to hide that light because we're frustrated, we're mad, we're angry, we're, you know, fill in the blank. We're not really focused again on why we are here. And Jesus said, you know, Jesus told, you know, Paul that, you know, his strength is perfected in weakness. So it's really when we are feeling the least equipped or the most weak or the most distraught that God's power can show up in ways unimaginable if we just begin to believe that we are here to make a difference. That our lives are called not to just gather on a Sunday, but to be the church, be the people that have been called forth out there. See, we're being equipped for the works of ministry, right? All of you have been given a purpose from your Creator You've been endowed with gifts to be able to influence people for the kingdom. Doesn't mean that everyone's going to believe you, but that doesn't matter. We grow in the knowledge of Jesus. We grow in the knowledge of who he is in his mercy, in his grace. And as we grow and as we are transformed, know that there is a difference in how you think, how you behave, how you speak, how you see other people. And so today we're looking at, I'm going to look at John 13. It says this, verse 5, After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. This is Jesus. And to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing, you do not understand now. Notice what he said. This is not making sense to you now. But you will know after this. Peter said to him, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, because he was not understanding. You shall not wash my feet. You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, oh, okay, well then, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. (laughs) 
So there is so much in this account, so many layers, so many levels of wisdom. We're going to focus on just a few. But I want you to understand that Jesus, as he lived, was the living example, the embodiment of who God is, because he was God in human form. He was demonstrating what the love of God looks like, how the love of God acts. And so here we find Jesus that begins to do the job of the lowest servant in the household. It was unheard of to do something so menial. But yet here Jesus is washing the feet of the disciples, demonstrating the heart of of God. Just, can we just think about, first of all, what he is demonstrating? He wasn't doing this for show. This was something that Jesus did because of who he was. And it was an act, a customary act that carried a lot of impact in terms of what it was accomplishing. Because washing feet was not a weird thing. We don't do it nowadays. But back then, it was something that was done. But really, it was the lowest of the servants in the house that did it because it was so dirty. It was so disgusting. And Jesus says, watch. What we're seeing here, and I want you all to ask yourself this. Not that we are to wash each other's feet, but the level of submission the level of humility that Jesus demonstrated in putting others before him. Even though he was God of all, he came as a servant, right? How do you think of yourself in regards to other people? Just starting with the body of Christ. On a daily basis, is this something that we think is possible for each and every one of us? That we are so transformed that we would do the most menial task in order to serve somebody. That we would not feel that we are overqualified in any sense to be able to serve one another in a way that puts yourself way aside. Because who knows, right? Raise your hand if you know that the Holy Spirit is within you. Who knows that you are being transformed into the image of Jesus, right? We are being conformed. Jesus was the first fruits. Jesus was demonstrating a very heavenly kingdom reality, which is God's love is so outside of our understanding of what real love is. Did he need to be washing their feet? Absolutely not. But he chose to, to serve them. But here is something that we all need to see, something very practical. What did Peter say first? What? What was he saying no to? Okay, so therefore Jesus wasn't just talking about washing each other's feet. Jesus was doing the action. And his action began to make people uncomfortable. His action is what drew concern from Peter and even those probably watching. His action is what began to change the environment and the tone of the room. Not his words, but his action. You see, Jesus was about action. Jesus was about the truth in action. 
action is influence. Who ever heard words are cheap? Jesus was the living embodiment of truth. Everything he did stemmed from truth. And so as he began to do this task, it made everyone uncomfortable. And then Jesus said, well, Peter, unless you allow me to do this, unless you humble yourself enough, because Peter had to humble himself in order for Jesus to wash his feet. Peter's like, I can't accept this. This isn't right. I can't accept this. But he had to. He's like, unless you allow me to wash your feet and humble yourself enough to let me cleanse you. He was also speaking to the cleansing work of the cross. You have no part of me. So Jesus' action humbled Peter to the point where now he's like, well, yeah, bathe all of me. And Jesus' like, no, that's not the deal. It's just your feet. But again, Jesus' love is active. Jesus' love towards you is active. A lot of times, we have a hard time humbling ourselves to allow God to do what he needs to do in his love to begin to transform us. Because he's like, you don't understand now, but you will after this. There was going to be an awakening through the Holy Spirit that would make sense of this for Peter and the rest of the disciples. Because the Holy Spirit is what gives us knowledge of God's love, which is beyond knowledge. That transforms us. That can make us uncomfortable. But when we receive it, when we throw our legalism and religion aside and allow the grace and mercy of God and his love to do what it needs to do, it changes our perspective. But Jesus first demonstrated. He didn't just tell his disciples to do it. He did it. And it changed the environment of the room. Now, Jesus was always establishing a pattern, behavior. Jesus was just being Jesus, but it was a pattern of life to be followed. A pattern that we can look to and say, I am capable of this now because I now have the Holy Spirit within me. Watch what he says now in verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? Uh, you washed our feet? He goes, no. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, you are correct, for so I am. If I then, now listen to this, this is for all of us. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. What does he say here? For I have given you an example. For I have given you an that you should do as I have done to you. This is why Jesus had the influence that he did, because his actions matched his words. And he's like, if you've seen me do this, if you've seen me lower myself to this level of servanthood, to wash your feet, if I'm doing it, that should be your attitude and your mindset. You're not above me, right? 
Are we above Jesus? So therefore, should we consider each other's servants to one another? We may not be washing each other's feet, but we are considering each other's needs more so than we are at times, right? This is the Spirit of God. He gave an example, a living example. And then he says this, most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you what? What? These are little nuances that we have to look, because I think there's a people, like often we can have a lot of knowledge. We can know a lot of things, right? We can know a lot about the Bible. We can know a lot about his truth, but there is a giant chasm between knowing and doing. And if we don't do, what kind of influence is there going to be within this room? Because if we can't start here, how are we going to do it out there? If our love for one another doesn't reflect the love that Jesus had for his disciples and demonstrated through action, this just becomes another place to gather where nothing really happens. You see, I was so convicted of this because I'm like, Lord, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's every, you know, Sunday from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday. But I'm like, Lord, what's the point? And I know the point. But really, you all, if we're not growing in love for one another, if we aren't daring to put ourselves aside and to love differently those who are of the same faith, what are we doing? And this is not to make us feel bad. I guarantee there's a lot of that going on. But my burden is that this becomes a constant, this becomes an awareness of saying, I am here for influence, and my influence starts here with brothers and sisters. I want to be able to do and to love and to serve in the way that Jesus would. And sometimes that might be very much against the grain of what we all are used to, and it might make a lot of us very uncomfortable. Good! Right? Right? And then imagine if we become accustomed to doing it here, then we begin to do it out there. See, Jesus demonstrated through action. You see, there are too many of us who profess to be quite willing to trust Jesus Christ as the cleanser of our souls who are not nearly so willing to accept his example as a pattern of our lives. I mean, that's a... That's a That's a hard one to hear, but you all, if we're not hearing it, how are we being challenged, right? Because my hope is that as we grow, see, what sets us apart is how we love one another, right? And what does that look like? I don't know. I just know it's situational. I just know if your eyes are open, you will see it. But there's one thing to believe in the goodness of God, to believe in his love, to believe that we are to have this type of love. But there's another thing to actually act on that. Because this is why we are here. That as we begin to have the courage to act and to do in a way that might be very uncomfortable for us, things change. Our actions change the environment or keep 
the environment status quo. Our gathering needs to be a living example, right, of the love of Jesus. And imagine how that room changed after Jesus washed the feet of the disciples. Imagine now all of a sudden, like, how do you what? We were to do this? No. Especially Peter's feet. Nasty. (laughs) You see, our choices help create the character of this environment. Do you know that? Our individual choices. So often, the focus is placed on, you know, the pastor, rightfully so, on his choices. But yet, no one's real concerned about their choices. We don't understand the ripple effect our choices have for the whole body. We don't understand that if I'm holding something against a brother in Christ, we are all members of one another. And that creates an issue. You know that we are like an organism? And just like you, I would hope that you expect me to make good choices and know I'm not perfect, I would ask the same of you. Look at your choices. Look at your choices. How are they influencing this culture? Because it matters. It matters. Because again, we are connected. And we are at different levels of faith, but if, if the mature ones are pursuing action that, sh- that, that shifts the characteristic of the environment, people begin to say, all right, that's the new standard. But if there's no shift, there's no standard. And then everyone just is kind of okay, going, well, I guess it really doesn't totally matter. It does. How we speak to one another. How we act towards one another. How we speak about others when they're not in a room. You see, all this matters. And why is this so important? You all, see, God knows. He sees the body as a whole. Go and read through the seven churches in Revelation. God addresses them as a body. And he saw the things that maybe not everyone was seeing, but he saw them. And he's like, these attitudes and these behaviors are corrosive to the body. But this is good. If we are, man, if we are impacted by the love of Jesus, if really the love of Jesus is revealed to us through the Holy Spirit, it, it radically shifts your thoughts and behavior. It does. Sometimes we just have to act on it. Because some of us get so offended so quickly, so mad so quickly. We jump back into old habits so quickly when someone is aggravating us. There's so much that we do and realize, wait, that's the old. Those things have passed. I am here now to help influence the culture by not acting like I used to, but taking the higher ground and to serve this person and to seek out peace, right? See, this is the environment I crave. But it's an individual effort, right? Don't be do as I say, not as I do. Ever had a kid say that? Well, you don't do that. Well, do as I say. (laughs) Not as dad does. I have an excuse right now. (laughs) See, this is 
my prayer is that this is awakening us at a whole nother level of the awesome responsibility we have as believers, of the awesome reality that shifts once we are born again. And some of us are tapped out. Some of us are just scraping by, right? Going, man, I wish Jesus felt more real. Sometimes your action stirs the heart. Sometimes he's just waiting for you to act on what is true and to begin to love differently and to see differently. Remember even last week, these are the simple examples. When's the last time you really encouraged somebody? Like really encouraged them. Doesn't mean they deserve it. But that you went out of your way, you're secure enough in yourself to go encourage somebody. Wow. And sometimes when we're in our deepest funk, I'm telling you, that type of action will pull you out of a funk. Jesus was hours, hours away from being betrayed and then hung on a cross. You think he was a little burdened? But yet he washed the feet of his disciples. That's all I could say. Do we love each other? Can we show it? How? Let Jesus show you. I'm not giving you a paint-by-number kind of process here. Because once we begin to act on the truth, to reflect the love of God in ways that might shake the environment, man, things happen. Watch what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 11.1. Imitate me just as I, what? Imitate Christ. You see here? As Jesus said, I gave you example, now do as I do. Paul's like, as Jesus did and I do, follow my example. Let me set the tone for the environment. In Philippians 4.9, he says, The things which you learned and received and heard and what? These, these, and the God of peace will be with you. Are we seeing the theme here? Influence comes through action. Influence comes through doing. The blessing of God, the reality of his spirit in you is awakened and realized when we actually do what the truth says. And it comes alive. When I used to teach improv, so many people would come and, and want to learn improv. I could teach them improv. I can teach them the fundamentals and the basics and the understanding. But unless they did it, they wouldn't really get it. They might be able to pass a written test. But until you put yourself in that place and have to rely on those principles and each other, you're not going to get the fullness of the experience. But Jesus is like, do these and you'll be blessed. Paul's like, do these and the God of peace will be with you. And he's talking about loving one another. Loving brothers and sisters in the same house. Because again, if we can't do it here, can we do it out there? Come on. Maybe. No. Philippians 3.17. He goes, brethren, join in following my what? Does that sound familiar? 
And note, watch this, and note who? Who? Those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. Paul wasn't being egotistical. He wasn't saying he was sinless. He was saying, no, but I am learning to follow the pattern of Christ. But don't just follow me. Follow also the others that are doing the same. Learn from them. Let them shift the environment. Let them establish the characteristic of the environment. Who are you learning from? Who are you following? What pattern are you trying to emulate? Because examples, heavenly, godly examples should be followed. I mean, I've been around like some incredibly godly men. And I'm telling you, it not, it's not even about their knowledge as much as about their action. And they changed the environment of the room by how they spoke, how they believed, how they prayed, how they loved, how they cared. And it gets you excited. Right? So, example, he's saying, follow my example. And note those who so walk. That word walk means to deport oneself or to be occupied with. Those that are occupying themselves would exemplifying the love of Christ for one another. For walking in a way that says, you know what, I'm different. I am here to influence. I'm here to change the understanding of what it is, first of all, to be a believer, what it is to come together, what it is to love one another, and then what it is to be a light in the world. I want each other to set examples for each other. I want us to know and see how God works through our action. Because the opposite is also true. Look what he says in verse 18. For many walk that were part of them, of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, that they are actually the enemies of the cross of Christ, enemies of the grace of God, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on what? On what? So their pattern of behavior followed that of earthly things. And he's saying, don't follow these examples. So what we do matters. What we do it either influences the body of Christ for the kingdom or it pulls it away. I just think sometimes we've got to say, self, get over yourself. <laughs> self, get over yourself. Is my choice right now helping the body grow closer? Is my choice right now moving us towards unity that is actually found in the Spirit of God? Or is it just the pattern of the world that's eating away at the fabric of who we are? Are we perfect? No. No. <laughs> Does that mean we don't try to reach new levels of obedience in action? See, the blessing of being part of the family is we get to enter into a family that loves differently, where we should expect difference from one another. It doesn't mean things don't happen that kind of create frustration or anger. It doesn't mean that we are void of issues. It's how we deal with them. Please, all of us, can we deal differently 
<laughs> I'm telling you, this place, the environment will change. And then when we all start loving differently out there, the environment will change even more. But it comes through setting an example. It's one of those... Are you all aware enough sometimes in the moment that maybe what you're deciding to do isn't right, but you do it anyway? Can we all pause for like maybe two seconds and say, example I want to set because God's watching I'm part of a body is this the example I want to set because remember everything Jesus did was for an example of how to live Paul said follow those who are following Jesus and imitate them follow their example so even if it's in with one person is that enough to set a good example but what if you and that person always talk a certain way? It's going to take someone to break out of that, and it might make the situation uncomfortable, but is it worth it? Yes. Just takes one. Just takes one of you. Look at your example and say, how is this affecting the body? Is it producing life or disunity? But again, all of us are responsible for our actions, right? That's what we teach our kids. I only did it because they did it. What's the classic, you know, comeback? Well, if they jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Well, if it wasn't that high, I would. <laughs> right? So again, how God's going to work in your life for this, I don't know. I know the Spirit will take care of it. I, told, I know He will, if we're open to it. And then, God's so good. He says, if you do them, you do these things, you follow my example, He goes, you're going to be blessed. He doesn't even have to bless us, but He does. You're actually going to find what it is to have true life. See, look at John 15, 9. He goes, as the Father, what? And he goes, I have also what? So all his actions on earth were a demonstration of him loving as the Father loved him. Right? So it's perfect. It's not missing anything. It's life. And he says, so, hey, knuckleheads, abide in my love. Just don't believe in it. Actually do it. You have to first receive my love, meaning you have to let Jesus wash your feet. You have to let Jesus wash you with his grace, even when you feel like you don't deserve it. You have to humble yourself enough to say, Lord, it's, this is why you died. I know I can't earn it. Lord, I accept and receive your forgiveness. Let, let that move you. And then it's like, now, Lord, as I abide in this love, I'm going to love. This is how we abide. Right? It's not all like this. It starts here, and then it moves here. But if it's not getting out, it's not full. You know that? It's not full. Jesus gave it. He said, as the Father loved me, I have loved you. He goes, now, if you keep my commandments, do as I say. What's he say? You will abide in my love. Commandments are doing, right? 
And when we do, it's influence. And when we don't do them, he's like, you're missing out. You're missing the revelation of my love. But if you continue to seek out my commandments and my truth and actually do them, you're going to abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abided his love. Jesus set the example. And the object of love is always somebody else. Do we know that? Love is given. If it's not given, you just love yourself. It's given. It's given. It's given. But how it's given matters. How it's given will change the environment. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain where? What things? Obey my commandments and you'll abide in my love. Follow my example. This is actually good news because there's an opportunity for this every day. Right? We don't have to go out searching for it. We just pray about it and have an open mind and say, all right, Lord, who is it? And he may say a name. You're like, not that person. (laughs) Sorry, I'm walking off camera. Okay. We have to be open, right? Say, all right, Lord, help me, help me see, help me do that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full, man. Who would love to have fullness of joy that is not dependent upon circumstances? It comes through action. And those actions that are rooted in truth influence a body of believers and a culture. This is my commandment that you love who? Now watch what he says. As what? but he washed their feet. He loved them in a way that blew their mind and changed their perspective of what love is all about. Because the world can love, right? But to love as Christ is a whole nother level. That's radical. We are called to be a radical people, are we not? Know it. He says, greater love has no one than this, that to lay down one life for his friends. Wow. He goes, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Wow. Do you see how influence comes? See why Jesus came? He came for so many reasons. And our salvation is the beginning, and then we have this life to live. And this life we live here is to reflect the glory of God by how we love one another. And there's so many different types of love. We're focusing on the servant aspect of love, but there's a lot of different types of love. There's corrective love, right? There's there's no end to what type of love God can utilize through you. We are bent on saying, all right, Lord, help me. Help me. Some of you are praying for growth. It's right in front of you. I promise you. And when we begin to get it, this environment, I'm telling you, it will change. 
It has to. It has to. There's no way it can. And I want our kids to be part of an environment that is full of life, full of spirit, so that when they come to church, it's not just some empty exercise, but it's a place where they feel the living God present. Come on. Do we not want that for the next generation? We want that for this generation. You all, you all, all of you are people of influence. Amen? Amen. Woo! Wait a minute. minute. Uh Uh-oh. That love has already started. A couple weeks ago when I was in the hospital and got a new defibrillator, they told me I couldn't use my left arm, which unfortunately is my best arm. And then on top of that, they told me I couldn't drive. And I reached out to Stephanie and We got so many meals that we're going to start a grocery store. (laughs) Thank you guys for supplying our needs. And then I'm going to have to start a whiteboard with names on it for all the people who said they'd give us rides here, there, everywhere else. So, um, and it's made me... Maybe a little more humble. (laughs) Maybe a little more like Peter. (laughs) But you guys, show your love to one another. Make it count. Because one of us might not be here tomorrow. I came pretty close to that point a couple weeks ago. Until they zapped me with the paddles. And they say that people get hit in the head, they see stars, they saw galaxies. (laughs) But God saved my life, and he let me know about all these people who are so loving in this church. Thank you. perfect ending going to say it better myself but do you see it matters it matters so let that be an encouragement right because this wasn't meant to obviously make us feel dejected but encouraged to love more <laughs> to keep doing what we're doing this happened outside of church time That's why it's a blessing to be part of the family. Make yourself known. Don't be a stranger. Know that you are part of this family and you are loved. We are here to help you, serve you. Amen. Amen. Well, Jesus, what a day. Thank you, Father, for opening our eyes and reminding us what this is all about. Lord, I thank you that your grace is new every morning. Your mercies are new. Lord, that every day, even though we might be having a difficult time, we are being renewed in spirit with the ability to love, to serve one another. 
Lord, I would pray for any division, any bitterness, any unforgiveness today to be lifted, to be dealt with. Lord, I would pray that any schisms would be brought back to unity. Lord, I would pray that what you see in the shadows would be dealt with in a way that brings your glory and grace into it. Thank you, Lord, for what you've brought together here in this church in Broomfield for something bigger than we can ever imagine. But we thank you, Lord, for your love and patience with us as individuals. Lord, we decide here today to glorify you and follow your example of what it is to love. Amen. You've been listening to Applied Faith with Pastor Russ Falachi, an outreach of Christian Church of Broomfield, located in Broomfield, Colorado. To contact Pastor Russ, visit his website at russfalachi.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, an alive faith is an applied faith.